0: to a special edition of The Structured gibberish.
1: Special!
0: Today, we will be talking about the movie, Star Trek Beyond.
1: Beyond, 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 beyond,
0: beyond. Uh, now, this, uh, this is the third Star Trek movie, or the 13th Star Trek movie, depending on how you're counting. And uh, the third in the J.J. Abrams uh, universe. Although he was only a producer on this movie. This movie still was, his universe. It's still oh, it's definitely still his universe. There's a lot of fewer lens flares in this movie, which is nice.
1: Yeah, they were there, but I feel like as an homage.
0: As <laughs> an homage to JJ Abrams. So <clears throat> I'll give you my initial impression of this movie. Now we saw this movie several weeks ago, but at this point now. And <laughs> scheduling has been difficult, so mm-hmm. we're talking about it now. Hopefully uh we
1: saw it when it was very new. Yeah. And now it is less new.
0: Yeah, it's it's old hat now. Um everyone else has already reviewed it. So So
1: now is the time that you turn to us to find out what it really was.
0: And I will tell you. Now there are situations where I I see a movie and I really like it. And then I I think about it for a while and I think, you know, actually there I had a lot of problems with that movie. <laughs> Um, many examples come to mind. I'm not going to list them. I think this movie, when I initially saw it, I really liked it. I enjoyed <laughs> myself the whole way through this movie, except for a few nitpickety Star Trek fanboy moments,
1: which I did not have. So I liked it all the way through.
0: And at the end, I, I felt that this was the best Star Trek movie of the of its era Mm
1: -hmm.
0: now i frequently come out of movies thinking that the thing i just saw was the best and then upon you know thinking further upon you know if i say the word upon enough times and think upon it (laughs) you know and think of the other entries into the series you know usually i'm like okay actually it wasn't the best it was uh you know it was good but you know objectively this other thing was better um in my opinion Pat, mm-hmm. Star Trek Beyond is the best Star Trek movie of the J.J. Abrams era. It is my favorite movie.
1: I will wholeheartedly agree. And here, here for me now, we all—I think we all can agree—that even if you liked it, two just wasn't up to snuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, cause I, I didn't hate to, but I didn't like it. I guess it, there was just nothing to write home about, you know? Mm. Um, but, and, and one, I, I still think is a strong movie. I still enjoy the first, uh, the first JJ Abrams star Trek. Uh, what, what is this universe called? I forget. It's the sum uh, of the cake.
0: Yeah. I think officially CBS calls it the Kelvin timeline.
1: The Calvin timeline? Because the Calvin gets destroyed and that's the difference? Right. So That's the kickoff to the differences anyway? There
0: is some controversy as to whether or not we're actually supposed to call it that because CBS is the primary rights holder of Star Trek, Uh-huh. but Paramount is the person who holds the... or the entity that holds they the... They are right. Paramount. Yeah. They hold the rights to the movies. Mm-hmm. So Paramount... I don't believe they have given it a name... Um, I, up until recently, it was just referred to as the alternate reality.
1: Mm-hmm. So. It's delicious, huh? Mm-hmm. Gatorade. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, the first movie there was, <clears throat> it was necessary, but there was still too much, like, they didn't become the crew of the Star Trek till the very end, the, the, you know?
0: Yeah, the first movie, I think I was I was good with it most of the way through. Mm -hmm. Um, because it seemed like, you know, this was like, you know, there were, there were several inconsistencies Mm -hmm. with the prime timeline, uh, prime time, prime timeline. For example, in, in the prime timeline, up until a certain point, uh, Federation starships all had their own insignia. Mm-hmm. They didn't wear the Starfleet insignia, and at some point, Starfleet adopted the insignia of the Enterprise as the insignia everyone would wear. Okay, but in the alternate timeline, the crew of the Kelvin are already wearing the Enterprise insignia. And, gotcha, and gotcha. they are wearing, of course, they're wearing uniforms that were never seen in the prime timeline. So if they're in the prime timeline up till then, you know where these uniforms come from. But we can just <laughs> we can just kind of you know, brush those things aside. At at a certain
1: point, you have to remember it is a movie. It is not 100% real. So these kinds of inconsistencies will happen now and again.
0: Right. So those kinds of things, and there are some of those things for me to nitpick about in Star Trek Beyond. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing. In the first movie, there is a a stupid thing that happens and in the <laughs> second movie there is a stupid thing that happens and is this the, the same thing i'm, no, I'm confused here. Okay. i'm gonna get i'm gonna come back to it. okay in the okay. third movie i have yet to think of what is if there is one single stupid thing that makes me go oh my god i can't believe you know. well
1: i would actually think that and again once again guys this is a spoiler filled review we are just talking about the whole movie as a whole because I'm about to talk about important things. So if you haven't seen the movie or for whatever reason, just go ahead and stop now. Do you want me, um, you want
0: me to list my stupid things? or do you want to say yeah, go ahead first? go
1: no, go ahead, go ahead go ahead. Because th- there's the only thing mine is a, is a plot point that I liked, but could have been construed as stupid. Okay. So well, list, list your things.
0: Here's, here's my things so that you can see the caliber of the type of thing that I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Because maybe your thing doesn't fall into the same kind of category. Maybe, right. So <clears throat> in the first movie, uh, <clears throat> uh, Kirk is, an, is a cadet who, in a battle situation, takes command of a starship
1: mm-hmm.
0: and afterwards is immediately promoted all the way to captain. and Mm -hmm. that is the stupidest thing that is that ruined that movie for me that that basically that event kind of ruined the jj abrams universe for me because it's just like you know we're that would not happen for yeah exactly for one that would not happen and two i mean that's just a really like you know it's an
1: irresponsible thing to do
0: (laughs) yeah and like the whole time you're watching star trek into darkness where they're just like Kirk, look, uh, we gave you this ship. Uh, we realize... We we really shouldn't have. Death, we should not have done that, and we are demoting you back to cadet. And I'm like, can you even do that? Can you, de- <laughs> can you demote someone to school?
1: <laughs> right. Can you, can you take a captain, a sitting captain, and be like, uh, we're revoking your license, and now you have to go back to the driving school.
0: Yeah, and then it's just like... And then it's like, okay, I pulled some strings and we got you back into the into the rank of commander and you're the first officer of a starship. And then in a battle situation, he's just like, all right, can I be the captain again? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's like Starfleet operates on such a ridiculous, you know, like they tried to make things more realistic, but that is the least realistic thing I could ever think of happening. You know, they, like ranks mm-hmm. are just like, you know they just kind of hand them out and then just like ah, you know give me that give me that back i got a different one for you here
1: you well know? i mean to to a, a point that was done a little bit in the in this one cuz they were just like you just want to be an admiral sure sure
0: well yeah i think i think we'll get to that because i have some thoughts about that situation okay um
1: but that was not what i was going to bring up
0: well okay so in the second movie uh uh-huh. uh we discover that not only does Scotty's trans-warp beaming allow you to beam from a planet to a nearby starship at warp? It allows you to beam from one planet to a really far away planet. And, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you know, thus negating the need for starships. And Superblood. Right. Of which they have an practically unlimited supply, yeah. which can raise the dead. So... Why do we, why is every person not carrying around a vial of super blood, which not only do they have an unlimited supply, because if you recall from, and I'm sure you recall every single detail of Into Darkness, if you recall, they got their sample of super blood by just taking a guy out of a cryotube and keeping him in a coma and then putting him back in when they were done, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which they could do. And then they didn't even use his blood. They synthesized something from his blood. Which means they believe could that's just, true, yes. They could just do that again. Uh, and again and again and again. Yeah. So why is everybody not carrying around a vial of synthesized superblood that they could just, you know, oh I've been shot, Psst, super blood, I'm alive again. You know, it's like everyone would just be walking around shooting everybody, having fun, and they're like, ah ha 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 oh you shot me right in the in the head, psst super blood, I'm alive. That's how I, that's how I want Star Trek that's how I wanted Star Trek three to go pet, to be honest.
1: With you. <laughs> I
0: wanted. I wanted a giant. Sorry to disappoint. I wanted a giant game of essentially phaser tag, uh, and also that it takes place on multiple planets at the same time, and they just teleport between them.
1: And they just yell "super blood!"
0: <laughs> In Into Darkness had a lot more stupid moments right. than the first movie. I feel like was generally pretty good. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I per- think personally. Had- I enjoyed the first movie tremendously all the way through up until that very end when that when I thought that was really stupid into darkness, you know, the the fact that I mean, it sort of negates my previous point about Kronos being very far away from Earth, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's, you know, one would assume that your enemy who has a territory that is very far away from yours is, you know, or is like, isolated from you would also be very far away. You know, if it's at the heart of a completely different empire. Right. but at the end of the movie the enterprise is able to warp from the neutral zone to earth in like eight seconds because <laughs> it's it's a plot point that they're not in, why not because the other ship is able to catch up to them very quickly and immediately knock them out of warp and they're at the moon mm-hmm. you know so I mean even there if you can't you know if warp drive is so fast you know uh, yeah I guess it's a toss-up as to whether or not that or the beaming between planets is the Stupider thing, but anyway, into darkness. Plus, Khan is a white guy. Eh.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I get you.
0: So anyway, beyond, I felt didn't have those kind of stupid moments. So, what? No, what I, well,
1: the thing was, and I, and again, I actually, I really liked this, but I could see where people would have had those same kinds of feelings about. It was the um, the semi-standardized now in in action movies oh, well, we've got this thing that just destroys everything, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and again, that's just a kind of a sci-fi action. Um, you know, everyone is issued one, <laughs> you know? Um, and then the fact that it was the Beastie Boys was pretty gimmicky, although, again, I really liked it. You know, it really I, worked for them. I, I thought it was that, very fun.
0: Yeah, they did a very good job of actually working it into the plot and in a very cool way.
1: Right. And I, I enjoy um, I enjoy the way they said, you know, they, they're calling it classical music because, of course, it would be in that time period <laughs> referred to it. Well, I would hope that it's referred to something else. I don't think that we yeah, that's just refer to classical music as, we, <laughs> you know, th- right. this time period. It's, it's been so long that it's now
0: classical music. Classical music oh. isn't a sliding scale. Right, you know, it's right. Like, like even, I mean, even today, like the, the term oldies isn't even a sliding
1: scale. It kind of is though. It kind of is oldies. If you turn on an oldies station now, you know, they'll be playing fifties and sixties stuff. And then all of a sudden they'll be playing something from like eighty nine and you'll go, what? Yeah, well,
0: maybe I don't <laughs> listen to enough radio, but so, um, yeah, but I don't think that cl- I think classical, maybe that will change in the alternate reality.
1: Right, you know. but in, in in any case, it was cutely done. It was very fun, um, but I could see how they how somebody might be uh, offended by that in that in that same kind of way, you know. Um, I don't know why, uh, but I could see it. <laughs> mm. Um. So the I mean the again my my overall feeling of this movie. Uh, was that Simon Pegg definitely wrote it? <laughs> yeah, someone who, <laughs> you know,
0: someone who's seen Star Trek before.
1: Right. Somebody that... who's seen and enjoyed Star Trek prior to being part of the franchise. And, um, and definitely, I don't know, he was, he was fully immersed, I feel like. Um, yeah, I... And I, again, I know you, you had a, a couple of, um, of issues as it, as it were. Um, but, uh, you know, for, for the, you know, by and large, it was, it was very well done. It was very well written. It was very fun. It was funny. Um, the, the girl alien whose name escapes me, what's her name? The, <clears throat> like the girl who stole the show, Jayla, Jayla. Um, I'm lucky I remember the regular cruise names, to be honest with you, but, um, Jayla was amazing. Very fun, very, uh, you know, as, as the father of a, of a daughter, I'm, I'm very happy to see strong female characters, and she definitely was, um, you know, she hit the, hit the marks for that. Um, she was, she was totally badass while also continuing to be, Vulnerable and then funny with her broken English, uh, you know, kind of badass but naive at the same time, you know. It it, it was a good balance. It was a very good balance.
0: She was was an actual character. She had flaws.
1: Right, right. It's
0: Um, it's clear that she was able to fend for herself while at the same time having a fear of the people who killed her family. Right. And and a
1: logical one, Yeah, yeah. It's not... I'm a lady, and I'm in need of rescuing. You know, she was totally badass, but also fearing for her life because these things and, were very evil and could kill her very easily.
0: Here's this was my favorite part: is that while it seemed like she and Scotty had a thing going on, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't. No, like, they, they just didn't. became close friends, right? And I, I actually really loved that at the end. He was just like, "I got you into Starfleet if you want." Starfleet right. Academy, you could be a captain in three years, yeah, you because know, yep. that's how we do it around here.
1: Right, you it's f- it's fine. You you might get to you know freshman orientation. They might give you a ship. We don't know.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> listen, here's how it works. I'm not sure if you caught this in the very first movie. Every single person gets their spot because the person who had that job died or was sick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep that and, uh, is
0: that is true except for i think Chekhov, who unfortunately compensated for that by dying in real life which uh, too soon sucks too soon. it really sucks because it was really sucks in movie.
1: He, he really stood out in the movie um i mean that actor what, what was his name again i'm, I'm uh, terrible anton thanks. yelchin anton yelchin he is he or he was he was awesome he was an awesome guy. Everything I saw him in, even some shitty movies, I saw some shitty movies with him in them. Um, I still thoroughly enjoyed him in them. You know, it was just one of those things. So, um, I I don't know. It, it's gonna suck. I'm I'm very excited. It's not the word, <laughs> but I'm I'm very interested to see how they're going to, uh, make this work Mm -hmm. you know I don't know if they're going to be um you know I I don't know if they're gonna just kind of like write him off he's gonna be somewhere else or if they're gonna part part of me part of me really hopes that somehow some way the next actor is just they're they're just like you know we lost Chekhov but his cousin is here (laughs) So we can still call him Checkoff, and he can, for all intents and purposes, be Checkoff. but the real Checkoff is dead, and we will be sad about that. And okay. we'll say things like, you know, you're stepping into some pretty big shoes and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, yes, we're acknowledging um, that we lost somebody, and we lost somebody great, but without, I guess, messing up the integrity of what should be mm-hmm. happening. You know, giving and, him an off screen death would be pretty terrible.
0: And then, uh, you know, he introduces himself and then Kirk leans over to Spock and says, is, is this one able to pronounce V's any other time besides <laughs> when he's saying his own name?
1: <laughs> yes, I think that would be wonderful. You know, just, just a, a, a wink and a nod and then we can move on. And then you can, like I said, we can just pretend that he is the checkoff that we, need him to be, Um, but He's he's the one we deserve. He's apparently. So I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I wish, I wish he hadn't have died. So
0: there. So, um, I believe this movie, uh, passes the Bechdel test. I think I would have to see it again to make sure, but, uh, it does so, uh, rather cleverly, which is by having female characters, uh, extremely limited uh, to screen time, and never having more than one on screen at a time. So, uh, I think the only times the two women talk to each other are uh, Uhura and Syl, and they're just talking about the artifact.
1: Mm-hmm. Even
0: when Jayla and Uhura are in the same scenes, they never talk to each other. Interesting. So, Interesting. technically, I think passes the test. But aside from what Jayla... is this
1: test? I've never heard of this test. Before. Oh, the Bechtel
0: test. That's yeah. where. You, ha- If the movie passes the test, or TV show, or whatever, if, uh, let me give you the exact definition, because it has to do with, uh, I don't, I don't want to misrepresent this. Please don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, the Bechdel Test asks whether a work of fiction features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then, yes. Yes, that worked. Um, let me let me say this: I really uh, liked and was totally creeped the fuck out by Spiderhead. Oh yeah, by uh, Facehuggerhead. <laughs> really cool design, really terrifying. Um, but you know, in in true kind of sexist fashion, she really gives gives it up like like instantly.
0: <laughs> yeah, she. I, I felt really bad. You know. Yeah, I, it was
1: kill her. It, right it was just like you know she, she she, they're just like we're gonna do this and she's like no don't do it it's in my head it was in my head
0: yeah I'm, and I, I think she had a crush on the captain
1: yeah yeah i mean like you do
0: yeah you gotta i mean it's Kirk. uh right you gotta have that he, he you gotta talked have that. to her right
1: he um, said,
0: could you keep this in your right. in your head legs?
1: He said, he said, listen, I want you to do one thing for me, <laughs> keep this in your creepy head legs, okay? And she's like, you got it. Save you at any cost. That's what I heard. Because we're totally making out later. Um. So there, you know, there was, there was that. I mean, that's. I I don't think that there was an overstatement of, um trivializing women in this movie i like like we said jayla is awesome
0: yeah i just i wish oh. her i had more to do because mm-hmm. she is really I, I the do, only i mean jayla I, was, I was a great addition
1: i was gonna say you you do kind of feel like they gave uhura less to do because jayla was around yeah you know it was like well she's fulfilling the awesome female role so you know zoe you just you know sit sit back on this one yeah, I mean the things we got that, it covered. You're fine. You're the, fine.
0: The things that Uhura did were cool, right? But I think she needed. We need more. We needed more than one good female character doing stuff mm-hmm. in this movie, you know. And
1: right, we we managed to get uh five cool dude characters, you know, that yeah, we we could all. It's unfortunate <laughs> relate because with all of them. That's
0: the Enterprise crew, you know, from right. the '60s, and so that's what we're going with. And I think. You know, adding adding uh female characters like Jayla is a really clever way to do it without upsetting the diehard fanboys mm-hmm. who are gonna be like, No, you can't add you can't make this random Starfleet girl a main character. You know. That she wasn't on the cartoon. Yeah. Uh the cartoon only had like a cat woman. Was it a girl or a boy? I actually don't know. The gender of the cat person on the cartoon.
1: I thought there was another girl. Wasn't there an Andorian girl? No? Yes. Did I make that up? Or? Well, uh, I don't yeah. know. I only saw, I've only ever really seen um, the animation cells on eBay now and again.
0: Well, anyway, we could have used an Andorian girl.
1: Yeah, sure. I cool. like Andorians. I think they're fun.
0: Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, enough about that. Right. Um, I think here's the really important part, That. They, at the end of Into Darkness, because the Enterprise has never in its entire life won a fight uh in any of these movies. Right. At, at the end of Into Darkness, it gets a, a minor refit, including it changes to the warp nacelles and the impulse engines, and I believe the positions of some of the phaser emitters. Uh They kept those changes in this movie. Mm-hmm. And so I actually liked the design of the Enterprise uh, a little bit better in this mm-hmm. movie. For the brief amount of time that it was there before it got completely destroyed in yet another fight in which it did not win.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: because, mm-hmm. you know, God forbid that the, you know, hero ship of a, of a franchise actually win a fight. Um, I really liked, and we're jumping all the way to the end here briefly. <laughs> I really liked the design of the Enterprise A. It was a different guy who designed it. Uh, mm-hmm. than the first Enterprise, and I really like it. I think it is the perfect blending of the actual Enterprise A, and I, I mean it exactly as I said it. Mm-hmm. The actual Enterprise A and the JJ Abrams Enterprise. I think it looks great, and I'm looking forward to it actually winning a fight against anyone. I don't care if, you know, if it's a, a ship of packwoods. Just win a fight. Right. Win a fight. Yeah. You know, Just get, do it. They, They're just like, you know, the the ship gets its ass kicked by Nero, it gets its ass kicked by uh, the Vengeance, Mm -hmm. and then gets its ass kicked by Krull, and then a ship from 200 years ago uh, (laughs) saves the day. Yes, And that, I think, was probably one of the larger, if they hadn't done it in such an incredibly cool and satisfying way... (laughs) I would probably be very upset that they replaced the Enterprise with some random ship and that ship saved the day. But I'm not because I really enjoyed that scene with the music playing and they're surfing the wave. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that was I when I first saw the wave coming, I was thinking, like, this is going to be stupid. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was awesome. It
1: it wasn't. It was it was very awesome. And I am just super Happy I got to be a part of it. Cause it was, you know, it was, it was definitely <laughs> was one of those, right? Happy
0: to have been invited.
1: It was, it was definitely one of those moments where you're just like, I, I, I giggled throughout the whole sequence. I was just like, <laughs> the Beastie Boys is a real plot point. It's a for real plot point in this movie. I like mean, they're not just playing it over. Which would have been fine. Which would have been fun anyway. You know, like if they are just like, "Well, we're gonna upload this thing," and then it's just like sabotage. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. but it, it, was, it could have been it was, like
0: first contact playing Steppenwolf,
1: right? You know, but it was it was literally sabotage via sabotage. Yep, it was, <laughs> and it was wonderful, and, and, and know, I
0: really the, liked it. The plan, the reason they were playing the music, it was some, you know. Stringy Doctor Who logic
1: Uh-huh But uh, it,
0: made, it made enough sense
1: Right, it made just enough for me to give a shit About the plan They, they were just like, yep uh, This is how it's gonna go mm-hmm. And we're, we're just like, we, okay
0: We need to, you know, emit A signal At a certain frequency To get to disrupt the Communication between these drone ships And The only frequency is like FM or whatever, AM, FM, I don't remember, but somewhere in that range. And so basically they have to fly around and blast a stereo out of the ship, which in space, like it's, I can only assume that they are literally transmitting it, you know, electro, you know, if you were outside the ship, you would not be hearing it. You know, right. you're, you're right. hearing it because they're also playing it inside the ship, but they could have just emitted the electromagnetic frequency from the ship And not also listen to it, but the fact that Mm -hmm. they just went ahead and listened to it also.
1: Well, sure. You know, why not? It's a great
0: song. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I, I thought that was just great that they were just like, Oh, we're going to broadcast. We need something to broadcast. We're going to play Beastie Boys. Well, crank it up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Crank that shit. I want to feel, I want to feel the floor bouncing with the bass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I want. There's a couple more things I want to talk about here, Pat. First of all, let me run real quick through my issues with continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so crawl, crawl. How do you say his name? By Crom, I don't know. Uh, crumulent? Krull. Crawl. Uh, we're gonna talk about him in a moment because I still don't know how I feel about him, but um, he. His backstory is that he used to be a Mako, uh, which is a...
1: uh, Uh Uh-oh, better get Mako.
0: Which which is a, uh, that stands for Military Assault Command Operations. Uh, So I guess he would be a Mako soldier or something like that. But anyway, Makos were introduced on Star Trek Enterprise. And he claims to be a Mako that served during the Zindi Wars and the Romulan Wars. And that's where, uh, that was, I think, the first time that I actually called bullshit on a a thing. Because unless, <laughs> unless he was serving on the actual Enterprise, Archer's Enterprise, and has a liberal definition of what Zindi Wars is, uh, he's making something up. Or, uh, in the alternate timeline, the Zindi attacked and went to war with Earth sometime between uh, the Kelvin incident and present day.
1: Sure. We'll just go with that. Which seems... I, I'm, I'm easy when it comes to this stuff. If you give me some kind of plausible deniability, I'd be like, yep, that's probably what happened.
0: <laughs> because and, and I don't think that can be true, only because I'm pretty sure that Krull's age, uh, given the age of the ship that crashed he was already Krull for a very long time before the timeline split. So, uh, that does seem likely. Yeah. So basically the only thing I can think of is that he had to have served on the actual enterprise and had to have, uh, you know, the, you know, like handful of engagements where Makos were actually called into action to fight someone, uh, that's what he considers to be the Zindi Wars, and that apparently that you know made such a big impact on him that he basically lost his mind. Either that, or it's just like the Romulan Wars, which were a legit big deal, Uh and he was just like, I can't just list one thing, so I'm going to list two things. I'm going to say, instead of, of the Zindi time we went into their space and shot some guys, uh, I'm going to call it the Zindi Wars, because this, this Kirk guy, he probably doesn't know too much. <laughs> so I'll get away with this. He trumped, yes, him, that's he trumped him. Right. He trumped him. Uh he
1: uses <laughs> the best words.
0: <laughs> so so there was there was that. I think that was really the only the only major continuity gap. I mean the Franklin uh NX three twenty six, um it, it was it was cool that it was listed as Starship class because that was what the original Enterprise was before they retconned it to be constitution class you know back in the old in the original series so Mm -hmm. calling it starship class i think was a a cool throwback but in continuity it doesn't make any sense because they had several classes of starship before that and just naming one starship class seems unlikely but i could you know it could happen it could happen i'm not gonna i'm just gonna give them that one free of charge (laughs) what i didn't i didn't like was that they said it was the first Earth ship capable of reaching Warp 4, which was really, I, like, I felt like a huge gaffe because the entire point of Enterprise was that it was the first ship that could reach Warp 5. And it's, you know, it was, uh, what, like, it had to be like 50 years before this ship was launched. And uh, it this this ship, which is nx 326 meaning it's 325 ships after this warp five ship and scotty's just like yeah first ship capable of reaching warp four you know maybe it was the first ship limited to warp four (laughs) like they dialed it back (laughs) i don't know but i just thought that was a really uh strange thing to say like warp if they had just said warp six then it would have it would have made more sense you know
1: Mm
0: mm-hmm um because then, then it would actually have a, like a, a place in history. But, you know, and then I thought, well, clearly, uh, this guy, you know, Simon Pegg, clearly did not go back and watch Enterprise very closely. <laughs> and then I went... Damn him! And then I went, well, I can't really blame him, because I wouldn't want to go back and watch Enterprise very closely. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just going I'm, to... Again, I'm going to give him this one. Because if it's a detail, even though this movie basically hinges on... A whole bunch of things from Enterprise uh, being pulled into the Kelvin timeline. Um, it it required you to have a detailed knowledge of Enterprise, which I unfortunately have, having <laughs> seen the entire series, uh, I think more than once. Uh, and I wouldn't really want anyone to have to go back and watch it because it's,
1: it's really pretty bad. Yeah, well, that's one of those things, I guess. <laughs> But uh, can I kind of digress real quick. Yeah, I like digression.
0: Enterprise. Mm-hmm. They had a really bad tendency to predict the future. Uh what's the best way to put this in the most obvious manner possible? So I'll give you two examples.
1: Mhm.
0: Archer. One time after having to make a difficult choice as to whether or not to allow an entire species to die mm-hmm. because, you know, this is a difficult choice that this idiot has to make, you know, should I <laughs> let this entire species die or, you know, literally command my doctor to save them? And he can easily, mm-hmm. you know, someone at the end of the episode asks him about, it and he's just like, you know, I got this feeling that one of these days, my people is going to come up with some sort of a, a directive of some sort that will tell us what we're supposed to do in these situations. <laughs> you know. And then and then the idiot watching the TV is supposed to go, Oh, he's probably talking about the prime directive, which whose only clause tells you exactly what to do in this situation. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um
0: another instance, they had the uh the grandfather of Noonien Soong, uh, who created data.
1: Uh huh.
0: They had him, uh, Eric Sung. They had him on the show, and he was doing research into uh, genetic modifications. Uh, uh, also, he was like basically doing research on cons people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Eugenics. He was doing research into eugenics. And at the end of the episode, or at the end of his arc, he's, he's just like, man, this eugenics, this doesn't get us anywhere. But robotics, that might be something that's worth looking into. If I start this research now, maybe my son or grandson will someday be able to build a robot. <laughs> and I'm just like, you, who, who thinks that way? You know, oh, if I start doing research, certainly my son will continue on doing the exact same research, accomplish nothing, but then pass on that same drive to his son, who, having seen that his two previous ancestors accomplished nothing, will continue the research and finally make data and lore and be for and then and then get eaten by a crystalline entity. Mm. No, wait, he doesn't. He dies. He dies of old age. Very old age, bad.
1: Very, anyway, very old age.
0: They only they only wrote that they wrote that entire plot point. That entire story arc was written specifically to explain why uh data's creator Noonian Sung is named after Khan Noonian Singh. Mm. <clears throat> and he really wasn't. Up mm. until now. It was just a coincidence. Anyway. This movie, let's talk about Crowl.
1: Crowl is my only real... If, if I had a beef, my yeah. only real beef has to do with him. Um, and it, it is because... Because um, he doesn't make sense? It, well, I mean, I just wish they would have defined it a little bit more so I could easily... Um, S- swallow that pill, <laughs> yeah um right. but the you know the the fact is is that his metamorphosis doesn't make sense the way that it is presented, like why does he look like a crazy horned beast in the beginning, this, and the more he uses the power to bring him back to human form?
0: This is yeah during the movie, I was completely confused by that, um because what what it looks like is uh that he he takes you know life force from people and he can somehow do it with or without his machinery I think maybe he can just do it like as a, I, as a I, person
1: or something I or gave no. him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he had some kind of gauntlets of some sort mm-hmm. you know that that aided with that because in, in the first place the first time he does it that we see um I'm pretty sure the people are actually just tied up.
0: Yeah, it, you that know, it, conf- it was I thought they it, were in a machine, but yeah, I, think I don't right. think
1: they were necessarily in a machine. I think they were just happened to be tied up upside down, and he grabbed their faces and was like, and then his face changed like radically. And at first, you think, oh man, every time he does this, you know, maybe he's taking on their DNA or something because he does look a little more human. That's what I assumed
0: throughout you know, the entire movie. Was right. like he takes on. What You know, so, like, presumably before humans got here, he was doing the same thing to some other alien, because, you know, like, there's that girl who leads them mm-hmm. there, and right. she's an alien and stuff, and...
1: Well, we still don't know her story. I think, you know, she was with him the whole time, I think. Like, there I, there was no... I... Her saving her shipmates, you
0: know? Right. But I get... I kind of still got the impression that this isn't the first ship he's lured there. Well, using right. Using this, so... Like yeah. he probably fed on some other people and it who looked like him, and it turned him into that Hadar looking thing right and uh but then at the end, it, they throw that whole thing out the window because he looks completely human, but then after a quick spell, he's starting to you know grow horns and look alien again
1: i I took that as because I don't think he ever looked completely human. That was, that was my my take, because you didn't see his face for a long time, because they didn't want to give away the, the 100% reveal, Okay, you know? Okay. Um, I think he was, if he had sucked, like, three more lives, he would have just looked like Idris Elba. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that he was just at that, like, I'm almost back to being 100% human again. Because I've finally, I've drained enough life force to get me back 100%. But for some reason, the side effect of using this machine is, you know, a day or two after that, after you uh, you suck the life force out of everybody and it makes you young and perfect again, you just turn into this horned beast. <laughs> I don't understand it, uh, but that's, that's the only thing that makes sense. You know, like that's the price you pay for using the machine is that you end up looking like The guy who made the machine, maybe. I don't know. And now the other thing is, is that his cronies, are we to assume that the cronies were the rest of the surviving crew members? Like, are they all doing this? Or are those guys just pirates that he accumulated? Listen,
0: listen. I did not get this until later when I had to look it up. Okay? Uh huh. Crawl, and then, do you remember his, like, you know, number one guy?
1: Yeah. Snakehead?
0: Yeah. They're the only two actual people there. Every other guy in a suit and everything is like a robot drone. and every ship. So basically, they got to this planet. I think maybe this was, like, glossed over when they were watching his logs or something. However, they figured out that he found all of, like, this mining stuff and everything.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: But all of the ships are drones. The entire workforce is
1: i the got drones. the I got the drone chips part down like that makes sense to me, but like I just don't i guess yeah i Every, I hate drones I really do i at this at this juncture, I just hate them I'm glad <laughs> any that, kind of hive mind bullshit that anybody's coming yeah. coming through with I am not buying it, not anymore
0: <laughs> I am glad that this was not yet another situation of destroy the command ship and all the drones die. Right, right. You know, At least we had
1: this. to do we had to do a little bit more. A they little more have, work. They than could that. have
0: done that easily because there was like a main ship. Right. You know? So like they could have done it, but they they didn't, which was good. Uh the what was I going to say about him? Um so one of the things that I just really wanted from this movie was a good villain. Because I felt that their portrayal of Khan was mm-hmm. very unfaithful to what I felt Khan should be, mm-hmm. you know, like their
1: portrayal. You of, you felt conned. I felt yeah. conned, Pat.
0: Their portrayal of Khan is like if you read a, a you know Wikipedia description of Khan from Wrath of Khan, uh, you know, like the opening paragraph, you could craft that character out of it, right? Uh, and if you never saw a picture of him, and if you actually watched Wrath of Khan and Space Seed, where he first appears, you mm-hmm. would not have created this same character. They just don't... One doesn't follow the other. You know, it doesn't make sense. But... Especially he didn't have super blood. But... uh Nero could have been a great character. If you read the comics and everything, Nero was an amazing character. You know, with a, a huge amount of depth and pathos mm-hmm. and everything... And they just threw all of that out for the movie. The movie, which is the only thing that counts when you're watching a movie, is what's in the movie. Yeah, the this movie, is true. The movie is just like, yeah, he's this guy, and he's got a ship, and his planet blew up, so he's going to sit around. And if he finds <laughs> that one guy who said he was going to save it, but then didn't get there in time, he'll kill that guy. And I don't know. you know, I, got this, I
1: don't really know what's happening. I got the
0: super ship I could probably go to my people and say, hey... You know, in 200 years, the planet's going to blow up, so, you know, get ready to move. You know, but... Eh.
1: I, I could spearhead the movement of, hey, guys, we're going we're gonna to have to do this. I'm from the future.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, Romulans are pretty accepting of that kind of thing, I think. hmm You know.
1: Could be. I don't know any, personally. I, I
0: feel like they would at least investigate it. Sure. You know, even if he was kind of, like, duplicitous about it and was just like, I'm going to you know, make sure that we get some science guys to point them their telescopes at that star over there, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever, I don't know. But Romulans are pretty long-lived. I have no idea how old Nero was at the time, but he may have lived well to the point of it actually, because, I mean, Spock did from that time, you know. Maybe Nero would have lived all the way back to seeing it blow up again if he'd just, you know, not been a mopey
1: dick. He seemed a young man, you know. Yeah, a mopey dick. Uh, Moby Dick. But anyway, all I wanted. Everybody loves the Moby
0: Dick. All I wanted was a good villain, and Crawl is definitely a threatening villain. He is, I thought he was good. Was I, th- I mean,
1: aside from his ridiculous. Well, that's the uh, thing. It's like reverse.
0: he's he's just he seems like a guy who's got his act together, but then they reveal his backstory, and it's just like, nope, he is batshit crazy and can't really you know he thinks that he crash landed on a planet and thinks that the federation like marooned him there
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh and so he's out to get his revenge and it's taken him like 200 years to do so in case you haven't noticed i'm not doing math in my head very <laughs> well i'm just saying 200 years for everyone. it's
1: fine it's fine yeah but,
0: so you know it's you know it's, he's one of those guys who is crazy but is a high-functioning crazy <laughs> And he, and I feel like he is definitely the best villain, but he's still not quite the villain that I wanted. Mm-hmm. He might be the villain I deserved, but not <laughs> the one I needed right
1: now. Let's lay that, that uh, response to rest. I, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse, Pat. All right. Fair enough. So, he, um,
0: so here's a guy. I don't even know how he heard about the Abernathy. uh, The thing the the MacGuffin. The, mm-hmm. the Abronath, uh, but apparently at some point some aliens had it, and they decided to take the parts of it and shoot them into space in different directions or something.
1: Well, I I think that they were from
0: his where he was at. I'm gonna read the the memory alpha it, right now.
1: It made it the movie made me believe mm-hmm. that he happened upon the ultimate death machine. ...on the planet that he was marooned on.
0: Sometime prior to the 2160s, uh, the indigenous inhabitants of Ultimid departed the planet, leaving behind sophisticated mining equipment, a drone workforce, and advanced energy transference technology capable of extending humanoid lifespans. Having engineered the Abronath, the Ancient Ones split the weapon in two and set the pieces adrift in space in the hopes that the weapon... Would never be found. Now, I would also like to mention, Pat, Mm -hmm. that uh, if we as a species ever get to the point where we can create a thing that can destroy a planet, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a population, a ship, whatever, but we have not yet mastered the technology capable of destroying the thing that can destroy the thing,
1: Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Uh, to the point where we have to be like, well, let's just cut it in half and put the two halves really far away and hope no one puts them back together. Um, I I, hope
1: nobody finds this.
0: Yeah, I think it is at that point that we as a species should probably just call it quits.
1: (laughs) Because uh, that, that, that logic is like saying, all right, I stole one of my dad's Playboys, but if I rip it in half and leave half under my bed and half in the closet they'll never know. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, now, it, it doesn't work. The, to,
0: be, to be fair, if you take things, very tiny things, and set them adrift in space very far apart from each other...
1: True, true. The odds
0: uh, of anyone ever finding even one of the pieces is infinitesimal. Right. But this is science fiction, and so both pieces have been found. And now these ancient ones are just kicking themselves because they're thinking, like, you know what we should have done? We should have set them adrift... Toward the sun or into
1: a volcano we should have just
0: broke them <laughs> or hit them with a hammer you know right, right. <laughs> just,
1: we, just a, a solid thrashing would have done it but we hadn't invented no. hammers yet we, we invented ultimate death machines but not hammers yeah stupid hate you, know, you guys
0: they could have just been like hey drone workforce why don't you spend the rest of eternity smashing this thing until it's smashed for good
1: right if it's really
0: going to be that bad you know
1: hey drone workforce why the fuck would we leave you behind you're a fucking drone workforce come with us we don't want to do shit wipe our asses i don't care you're a drone workforce
0: yeah there's a lot of the the ultimidians i i get the feeling that they i mean by my own criteria They should have called it quits as a species.
1: Right. right. But
0: they sound pretty dumb either way. Like, they sound like super smart, but also super dumb, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Super dumb smart. Yep. Those dumb brainy smarties. (laughs) So, at some point, the USS Franklin, captained by... Exactly. Edison. I think his name was Edison. I don't know. Krull crashes on this planet. Uh, and what happened to the rest of his crew? Do you remember? Did he absorb them? Was he just like, Hey,
1: I really don't know, man.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know anyway. Crawl could have been better, but still the best. <laughs> the best we've the gotten best so far. The best
1: we've had so far.
0: Um, I did like the Franklin by the way, and I was sad that they <laughs> did not ride a motorcycle into an escape pod. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that clearly would have been the best. Yeah. If, um, you know,
0: when they were done escaping the Enterprise, which, by the way, I was super excited to learn that the saucer could separate, even though I learned it at the point where the ship blew up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the fact that it could do that. It was always rumored that the original Enterprise could do that, too, but it was never confirmed. Um, <clears throat> uh, when they were done escape podding, which apparently the escape pods are called Kelvin pods, which doesn't make any sense. I don't know where that term comes from. Um, when they were done, I was really sad because I was like, ah, they're not going to get that motorcycle. Probably on the planet already.
1: Oh man, they're totally not going to get that motorcycle, are they?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I did like the look of the Franklin. I mean, it, it felt like a natural progression from Archer's Enterprise, you know, a little bit into the future.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, like you could, Mm
0: -hmm. I could see some design elements that looked exactly like Archer's Bridge. You know, and then I I, I did
1: too. There were there were definitely things in there that, even though I didn't watch the show, it definitely invoked images of Enterprise. I think the I think brown, like the bronzyness mm-hmm. of it, like that made me think of Enterprise. Um, I I don't know what else because, like again, I I did not watch the show, but
0: the the transporter effect from that ship was mm-hmm. it it seemed like a really good mixture between the Enterprise beaming effect and the Star Trek movie beaming effect, you know? Now It, was, it looked older I'm, than it, the yeah. version where everything just swirls around you,
1: you know? I, I'm i glad you brought the, Brad, up transporting. There were a lot of interesting, and by interesting, I don't know that I necessarily mean interesting, but there, there were a lot of uh, points in this movie that were callbacks unto itself.
0: Oh, yeah. You like- know? Yeah. The
1: falling and transporting and the they land and then they say, Let's never do that again. It's like that was you guys know you lifted that directly from yourself. Yeah,
0: but this you movie know, did not have a put on a helmet and shoot or fall through space <laughs> scene.
1: True. So we got
0: that going for us.
1: Um and, and again, it's not like I minded it. It's not like I was like, You're cheating. Man. It was just like, you know, it just seemed odd. You know, it's like, you don't, I, I, I wanted him to have a moment where he like looked at him, like maybe after he said it and be like, wait, okay, nev- now, now, never again, or, you know, whatever, something, it just seemed very weird that he would have the exact same experience essentially twice, uh, and have the same reaction. Well, I guess it's not that weird. <laughs> if you, if you really think about it, he would, he would have the same reaction. <laughs> it was the exact same experience. So yeah. It's within his nature. Okay, never mind. I it. It's it's
0: it's stupid because it's not right. It's, yeah, it's stupid because they played it straight. They played it for real.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Had the, had it been more tongue in cheek, I would have liked it better. So, anywho, um, again, the for the thousandth time. I really liked this movie. Like any movie that you put under a microscope, you can find things wrong with, and that's what we're kind of doing here. Because there's nothing else to say. Because it was a good movie. It was well, an enjoyable movie. Let me it was a fun movie. Let me tell you something else that was good. Okay.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about uh the uh Starbase Yorktown. Yeah. That is by far the most impressive uh Starbase that the Federation has ever created ever of all time
1: and ever will create
0: i i can only assume that they are just flush with money right now or (laughs) well i mean it's the federation so they're not by definition but somehow they are flush with resources that they can say hey you know that cloud thing and everyone who goes in there like never comes back what we should do is build the biggest most amazing kick-ass space station right there. <laughs> and they do, and they put Greg Grunberg in charge, because he's got to be in all the sci-fi movies now.
1: Uh-huh, yeah.
0: You know? now I like to think, I'm thinking now, that he is the same character from The Force Awakens,
1: uh-huh. uh, but this
0: is his, like, retirement job. <laughs> you know, it's nice, I, I nice was cushy thinking, job.
1: It, it, it's very funny that... Um he got to be in both, you know, he, I mean, I know, um, Scotty, uh, Simon Pegg gets to, but he's much more covert, yeah, you know, right. <laughs> Greg is basically the exact same guy. Just <laughs> right. wearing slightly different takes of outfits. And it's just like, I, am I supposed to believe that this is real? <laughs> this guy just happens to be, uh, in our own, distant future and in a galaxy far, far away. I don't think so. <laughs> he They're not even trying to it's, it wasn't even like a Kumar kind of thing, you know, where, where he just was like, no, he's in the background of the first one. He was wearing a red shirt. <laughs> you know, it's just like, no, he's, he's, he's got a part in this. Yeah. A big part. He's basically station,
0: station commander, basically. Right. You know, ops. He's in charge of ops or something. <laughs> this this station, for being as, you know, it's it seemingly fragile, like, it, it just in terms of, like, it being surrounded by a glass bubble, uh, had very few, I think, defenses. Like, we got a gun every so often, you know, but, I mean, maybe <laughs> they were thinking, like, oh, it'll probably have a bunch of starships in it, and if there's a big problem, we could just... Right, you know, it'll be
1: easily, easily taken care you of,
0: but... The, they made the typical mistake you know in a in a world where people can beam from planet to planet and the starships can get across the galaxy in a few minutes they somehow ended up in a situation where there's only one ship in range as per the rules of star trek right and, uh, i think
1: that's a starfleet regulation <laughs> oh, only one ship is allowed to stay in range of any dangerous areas <laughs> Everyone must be at least two days travel from being right. in range.
0: <laughs> one ship per high-priority target.
1: Right. <laughs> if anybody's even close, you're getting fired. Get out of here.
0: So, speaking of the executive staff of the Starbase, I want to talk about uh, the Commodore? I don't remember. The one who uh, Kirk was talking about, about his promotion to Vice Admiral.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think because you brought it up earlier that it was ridiculous that he should be promoted to admiral uh, Correct. right away, and I agree that after you know jumping well, how from
1: long, and again, how long was he on mission? Did three, they say three years? Three out of the five years three he out was out of the on five years, just like mission. the
0: original series. That's a callback. Okay. I believe. okay, the original Enterprise lasted the original mission lasted
1: three seasons. Okay, you know? that makes sense. Supposedly, so what we're, it, it what did we're do saying its is. Years, what we're saying is basically, we've we've skipped over <laughs> all of the interesting things that would have happened to these characters that exactly. we would have seen in the old show. Exactly, we've, we've skipped that. They were like, I I always hate when they do that. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, why would you? Why would you go to the trouble of telling me a story now that is taking place where you could have just said like, Nah, you know, I was here, but nobody would have bought the admiral thing then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So here's what I think. This is my headcanon. hmm I think that the Commodore was had no intention of granting him that promotion. Mm-hmm. I think I think she was just like, you know, humoring him, right. basically. And even though like they seem to have a heart to heart discussion about, you know, do you really want to, you know, not be on the ship anymore and you know be a, a desk admiral or whatever they're talking mm-hmm. about, and and Kirk is you know having that you know those second uh second guesses about you know Mm -hmm. i didn't actually want to do this you know and here i am uh but i i think that she was i think that she very um logically was thinking like this guy who just became captain who has never been a lieutenant (laughs) (laughs) uh wants to be vice admiral now i i mean are are we hurting that bad for vice (laughs) admirals You know,
1: they, maybe maybe to be honest, maybe they're like, "No, get him off, get him off the streets." Yeah, because yeah. we are really not sure what he is going to do next. So that, you bring up a very he, good
0: point. If like, he
1: wants a desk job, give it we, to him. That solves all of our problems. We
0: tried to demote him; it didn't work. He found his way back.
1: Let's try and promote him. Right out of here. Right. Maybe then he'll promote him trip. off off of the streets. That's what we really want. And so she was like, "Yeah, totally." Totally. Yeah. You want to come? Yeah. I mean, think about it, but yeah.
0: And then at the very end, you know, she's just like, well, you pretty much saved everything again. So I I guess it would look bad if I didn't offer you the job. (laughs) And then he's just like, you know what? I'm not going to take it. And she's just like, oh, thank Christ.
1: (laughs) It's like, you know what? Honestly, uh, it's my job. I'm going to give you my job. i'm gonna go i'm gonna no shit all right fine go leave Just please, i don't want to see you anymore
0: please uh do not come back
1: try, try not to break like, the bubble again yeah. fucker please get out
0: of here <laughs> do not come back and he's like well we don't have a ship and she's like you want to see how fast i can build you another <laughs> ship
1: <laughs> we are already on it bro
0: <laughs> i will have you another ship by the end of the credits all right <laughs> that, that ship was built in real time Pat.
1: <laughs> that's true that that's a, that's factual uh, uh, um,
0: the uh, the ending scene where they do the surprise party mm-hmm. for Kirk so this was an interesting thing about this movie just like in Wrath of Khan Kirk's birthday uh, there's like a, a minor subplot about Kirk's birthday mm-hmm. in, in the Wrath of Khan It's, it's basically Kirk feels like he's getting older, you know, and it's his birthday again. And he feels like, you know, what good am I, you know, I'm just getting old and it's, he's, he's depressed about it, you know, and then he has to face this, you know, villain who is outsmarting him at every turn, despite his lack of super blood, (laughs) you know, and then in this movie, you know, his birthday is different. That's that's one of the things is he was born prematurely thanks to the Kelvin incident,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh. So his birthday is actually different than in the Prime Universe, and now he's he's looking at his birthday in a completely different view, and he's thinking, "I am now older than my dad has ever been," and which is,
1: I mean, that's that's a a, a, a tough like I, I give them that. Yeah. I think that was a that was a really um powerful thing to have to deal with. Yeah,
0: it it really was. It was a great scene. Uh Bones kind of ruined it a little bit by being a drunk. <laughs> but Bones is a drunk. That's kind of his Bones they, is a drunk. They don't play that up enough in these movies, by the way, I think. No. Bones was drinking constantly on the original show. Everyone everyone stereotypes Scotty as the drunk, but Bones was the drunk on the original series. He was drinking constantly and offering other people drinks. <laughs> They'd go into sick bay and he'd just be drinking. And then they then they just leave and just go die, because that's probably a better <laughs> alternative. But anyway.
1: Better than doing dying on this guy's terms. I,
0: I thought it was a very cool callback to say, you know, it's his birthday and he's contemplating his life, but it's not we're not coming to the same conclusion. We're actually seeing the effects of the different timeline
1: mm-hmm. and
0: how it's affecting him. He's still depressed. But right. he's much younger and he's depressed about a a completely different thing. And I thought it was a very good callback. Um at the end, when they have the surprise party for him, uh I thought that was fun. But it was just weird seeing them in regular like, right.
1: clothes. Well here here's my here's my thing about that. Um, the only one that really jarred me was Bones. Like, because Bones isn't that guy. You know what I mean? Like they, they've shown him time and time again to be this um, this stuffy, staunchy guy, you know, yeah, that's yeah. not gonna go to a bar in a leather jacket with his hair spiked, right? You know, all of a sudden he was no longer Bones, he was Carl Urban, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm fine with. Carl Urban's a, a cool guy, and I'm sure he would have partied like, you know, awesome with Kirk, but but Bones, not, not that way. I just, I, I just, it took me out of the moment. That's yeah. that's one of the only things was- that. I would say in the movie that I was like, uh, I wish I wish, you hadn't have done that. It was Chris Pine
0: um, and Carl Urban going to a party with the aliens.
1: Right, right. <laughs> you know, Scotty was still Scotty, and I liked the interaction between uh, Spock and Uhura. I thought that was all very good. Um, but yeah, like I said, just the... Uh... In In this movie, going off what you just said, in this
0: movie, one of the main reasons I liked it and we touched on this briefly at the beginning, is because they finally felt like a crew, right? The, the, you know, unfortunately, they did skip over three years of adventures, mm-hmm. but at least we got to see the fruits of that, you right? Know, now they, the
1: only the only thing that I I was frustrated with is because you don't see that growth, it's expected growth, you know, it's, it's the it's, kind of
0: thing where it is relying heavily on. You knowing these characters from the original series and right. knowing how they're supposed to act, right?
1: And you know, giving us the i mean, you know, it's the the same kind of uh Anakin and uh Obi Wan in an elevator. Well, you yeah. remember when we did this? And when yeah, that, was, that, that, that was that nest of Gundaks. That would have been a good movie. <laughs> <clears throat> Remember when we did anything that was entertaining? Yeah, it was off-screen. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Do you guys remember that time
0: that we took the Enterprise into battle and totally won? Man, <laughs> that happened. was a great time.
1: It happened, because this has been three years, and we're still standing. We must have beat somebody. So,
0: uh, um, what, oh, you brought up a thing, and it was leading me to a thing, Pat. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. The thing with the thing.
0: Okay, so... I wanted to just briefly state that I thought the interactions between Spock and Bones were fantastic.
1: Yes. They're, very The way very they played off of each on. other.
0: I love, I didn't love this at first, but I grew to love it very quickly. The fact that Spock of this universe is not as emotionless. You know, Spock of the original, of the prime timeline, always had his uh human side. Mm-hmm. You know, and he would have, he would make human expressions and he would occasionally make jokes and stuff like that. You know, he, especially as he got older, he seemed like his human side was, was creeping in a little bit. Mm-hmm. This Spock, you know, because of all the Vulcans dying, right. you know, his, the, the remainder of his race was basically just like, you know, we can't afford to be so emotionless, you know, and right. they kind of relaxed the rules a little bit and because it was just too overwhelming of a traumatic event for them to just be like, you know, we, we just can't suppress this. We have Mm -hmm. to feel this. We have to do something about this. And I've always liked that this Spock is a little bit more emotional, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, he's still logical. You know,
1: he's, he's very Spock, (laughs) (laughs) you know, in a, in a very good way. You know, it, it, it did, it did good, uh, or it did my heart good to see, um, you know, when him and Bones were stranded together, and mm-hmm. you know, um, I really enjoyed the, uh, to coin one of your phrases, <laughs> that is horseshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that was very Spock. I could hear Leonard Nimoy saying that, you know. Um, Spock of the, the the
0: Vulcans of, like, the Enterprise era and, and Deep Space Nine, where Vulcans were portrayed generally negatively. Mm-hmm. Uh they would you know, those kind of Vulcans would say like logic is everything. Mm-hmm. Logic is the be all end all. But you'll recall in Star Trek Six The Undiscovered Country when uh Valeris goes Will to I? <laughs> goes to Spock and asks him a question and you know, I don't I don't remember the exact question, but you know, she says, Is that logical? And he says, Logic is just the beginning of wisdom. You know, it's there's more to it than that. And it's, you know, that's what these Vulcans in this, in in the J.J. Abrams universe, are bringing to the table. The mm-hmm. logic, but also the wisdom and the emotion and everything. And I very much like that. And speaking of Star Trek Six, we get... Star Trek Six is a great movie. We get some very touching moments in this movie, with a little bit of tearing up on my part at least. Because... At the beginning of the movie, you find out that Ambassador Spock has died. Yeah. And, you know, Commander Spock is not quite sure how to deal with this. He's had to deal with a ton of loss. Yeah. You know, and, and we've, I mean, weird shit. Can
1: you imagine? Can you even freaking imagine the idea of yourself? Yeah. Like, like yourself. There's obviously not another creature anywhere in any universe that you would relate to better than literally your older self. Yeah. <laughs> you get to meet them, briefly talk with them because you don't want to screw anything up. Um, except for that time that you go ahead and <laughs> throw a caution to the wind and just say like, Oh yeah, he, that is a bad guy. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know, other than that, you know, you, you, you have to limit your interaction with, because you're you know you're feeling like uh again you might screw things over but uh but then you find out that this person again very close to you has died and it is you mm-hmm. you are dead yeah you know there 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 must have been some comfort in knowing that you are alive well <laughs> And in in knowing that it is, it is possible. It is possible. It is possible for you to reach a ripe old age. And then you, you you die.
0: And then come having to come to grips with the fact that someday that will definitely be you.
1: Right. You will die. You will die. Your, your mortality slams you right in the face, you know? So it's a very interesting dynamic. And I thought that they played it very well. And,
0: Um, but the best part though, uh-huh. so spock throughout this movie had been thinking like i'm gonna after he hears about spock's death he's thinking i'm gonna leave starfleet and go back to the vulcans and help with the rebuilding effort on new vulcan wherever the hell that is you could probably beam to it from here yeah oh yeah um
1: easy, easy peasy as long as scotty's here
0: but at the end of the movie they show you know he gets a box of spock's old spock's belongings and in it is a photograph, which is essentially like the cast photo from Star mm-hmm. Trek Six, in which it shows all of these people in this other timeline remained together and remained friends and grew old together, right, and they accomplished great things, and it it changes his mind, and you know he realizes if I stay with these people, so Spock, even in death, has helped his younger self mm-hmm. make an important decision, and plus it was just really cool. To be reminded that, oh yeah, those other movies definitely still happened,
1: yeah, you know yeah it's it's a thing, it's there, and that again, that's wonderful, that's the way to do these kinds of reboot things, you know, in my opinion, it's the only way you know to to make everybody happy is you have to acknowledge and allow the the other uh movies to still exist the other the other canon to to be unharmed by what you're doing you Mm -hmm. know um that it's so wonderful you know yeah but well not all franchises are so smart i i'm going to
0: leave us with this with the following thought this movie is called star trek beyond right Mm-hmm. And in the trailers, they showed, you know, Krell, saying uh, something like, "This is where the frontier pushes back." Mm-hmm. And it got me. That,
1: I believe that was in the movie, by the way, because I was, I was waiting for it.
0: Yeah, it was definitely trailer fodder, but it was in the movie. But in the trailer, it made it seem like, you know, the crew of the Enterprise is going to go out exploring on their five-year mission, and they're gonna go. Too far. They're going to fall into the hornet's nest. Uh, you know, they're going to go on being arrogant. You know, we're the Federation. We're spreading peace and love and whatnot. And they're going to finally find a, a species that not only doesn't want that, but also is capable of fighting back very effectively. And I thought that was going to be a fantastic idea. And I was very interested to see that. And then it turned out that what it was really. I, I don't even actually know what the beyond was referring to other than like, you know, we've got the space station and if you go through this cloud, that's next to it. When you get to the other side, then you are beyond it. Yeah. You I, are beyond it. I, I'm and really was, pretty sure that's other, what it was. And what was on the other side was just one of our own guys. Who's really mad at us.
1: Well, now they, they also made it seem like there was like, there was like that cloud was stopping them from exploring a significant area you know because they they made it sound like hey we know how to get through the cloud now we can get through it we can go beyond yeah you know they don't, um, they, don't
0: they don't touch on that enough i think to justify. no the but i, I so basically the, the title <laughs> it just, of this it movie, just sounded cool okay the title of the movie wrote a check that it couldn't cash pet, yeah
1: I'm well you know what they went beyond <clears throat> they, they went, went beyond. beyond its own understandings
0: i mean to be fair uh star trek into darkness takes place primarily in the daytime <laughs> so mm, fair yeah, enough a fair lot of enough. it in the early morning you know so <laughs> they're not very good at naming these things is what i'm getting at. you know it, this is no uh you know the voyage home which very clearly was about their voyage home you know the search for spock you know what we did in that movie pat did we look for Spock? We looked for spock exactly you're damn right we did
1: <laughs> and we liked it yeah
0: the final frontier that movie didn't happen don't talk to me about that <laughs> <clears throat> you know the motion picture the picture was definitely moving most of the time so i give them even when that. it
1: was hard to tell yeah even <laughs> if you had, you had to look moving. closely
0: but most of the time the picture they were, was
1: moving. they were they were breathing they were moving up and down <laughs> and they was just going forward
0: so overall i give this movie a, a very high recommendation i felt that it was a great summer blockbuster action flick uh that also had some great character moments I felt that the characters were finally the characters that I wanted them to be. Um, I was glad that their stupid gigantic starship got blown up and they made a better one. Um, I'm glad that the little ships weren't Jem Hadar's. I am glad I'm sad that they didn't ride a motorcycle into an escape pod, but I am <laughs> glad that they still surfed a wave of alien
1: drone ships playing the Beastie Boys. Almost as good. Almost yeah. as good as some, be- some <laughs> asshole being like, no way I'm leaving my dad's chopper.
0: <laughs> anyway, definitely gets a stamp of of recommended from me. I don't know what do you think, Pat?
1: Oh yeah, it gets uh, it hear. gets two jibs up. <laughs> uh, we never really figured that out, but it it uh, it does it 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 does everything I wanted it to do. It it continues the story in a wonderful way. It gives all the nods to the original movies again, solidifying that hey, they this happened. It's it's fun. Keep going with it. And uh, and most importantly for me, um, it just it entertained the shit out of me. You know, I literally shit myself from entertainment. <laughs> um, it, it, it was just it was a very entertaining movie, and um, and I feel like sometimes we have to make excuses to make something entertaining, and I feel like it was almost the opposite. We had to we had to make excuses to a gripe about this movie, and that's that's rare. So yeah. Um, so kudos, kudos. Mm-hmm. I really thought this was going to be one long chase scene, and I uh, somehow assumed Vin Diesel was going to play the villain. It's it, or or even that Vin Diesel was just going to show up and be like, "Hey, Captain Kirk, come with me. I'm going to save you." <laughs> I I am I think
0: amazed at how much I was not into this movie after seeing the first trailer yeah oh yeah it I, I remember turned out to be i think
1: I and think maybe that, that was part of it you know that's
0: the strategy right Make you your know? first trailer terrible and then when i go see the movie i will be very impressed
1: right because lower expectations stop giving us everything yeah <laughs> you know show us some shit and then when we get there be like Haha, we because obviously we're gonna go there have been very few times that we actually did we saw fan four stick so we did we did but that was kind of that one uh was a a, a turning point for us we did not see several movies uh <laughs> after that and we were just like true. you know that what true. you know x-men apocalypse eh. Eh. video maybe it'll be out on video someday i'm i'm still on the ropes if i'm gonna see suicide squad suicide squad yeah I still I want to. I, I wanted to see that movie. I was hopeful. I I have heard um poor things about it. Um personally, people I know who've seen it told me, um, if you're gonna go see it, make sure you see it as a matinee. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh you know it, it, it it's hard to say how good or bad it is without without really seeing it, you know? So That'll be the the end of it, I suppose. Uh, I'll, I'll see it eventually, much like I'll see uh, Batman v Superman on not bootleg one day, just so I can, just so I can see it in focus. <laughs> Maybe that'll help the the overall watching of it. Doesn't. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, right. we'll,
0: we'll see. <clears throat> Star Trek Beyond uh beyond our expectations
1: is what it should have been there you go that was the beyond it was talking about done and done
0: star trek better than into
1: darkness (laughs) highly
0: recommended and uh that's it for this episode of special edition check out the webcast jibcast.tv where we put all of our other stuff and we will talk to you another time
1: have a good night